Welcome back to another episode of Ready Comics Roll. Remember, if you like what you hear, to like, share, and subscribe. I don't talk to fish. I'm Mike. In brightest day, in darkest night, I am John. I'm just your friendly neighborhood Anthony. And joining us again is our special guest. The War Song Sin. Welcome to the Rook. In this corner, player one, choose DC. In player two, choose Marvel. Let's get ready to rumble! (laughs) And we all knew it was going to come to this eventually. That's right. The Battle of the Brands. We're going to be talking Marvel versus DC in regards to the comics, the cinematic universe, animated universe, TV shows, the whole nine yards. If only DC had a whole nine yards now. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is, uh, realistically, uh, you know, some of them have good points, some of them had good po- uh, other points. They they kind of have a mixed bag of tricks. You know, Marvel really has that Marvel universe, where DC, honestly, is better with the comics. I, I have to say this, though. Um, I, I said that DC was missing their whole nine yards. Actually, Marvel's missing their whole nine yards. They haven't done an animated... Uh, full length, full length feature film in a while now. I think the last one was their rehash of Doctor Strange, which was just the origin story all over again. Yay! Well, that's because Marvel kind of realizes that their animated universe is absolute garbage, and they except for what the nineties. The 90s version. Yeah. Well, oh, still- yeah, no, I'm talking about, like, their movies as of oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. We're talking, like, classic TV shows. Marvel was on point with the animated series for Spider-Man and X-Men. Like, you couldn't even touch that. Oh, yeah, compare that well, to, like, Justice Society, or uh, the Justice Friends back in the day. Oh, man. Well, okay, <clears throat> if we're going to talk the, if we're gonna talk this, if we're going to talk the, if we're going to talk the cartoons, like, from the get-go... Like okay, you have the er- the early iterations like Spider Man and his Amazing Friends versus the Justice Society of America. Still better. Just like look at all the classic memes that came from sixty Spider Man. There was a lot of memes that came from Justice Society as well. Yeah, well, which J- one do people remember more? Wales. <laughs> no, no, that's four star team four star. In a way, that that, we're talking about memes that came from it. So yeah. yes, we're right. Uh, <laughs> and no, also, no. we're talking we're talking about a decade's worth of difference here because JSA was from uh, at least a decade earlier than uh, than Spider Man. This is amazing friends. I don't know if if DC had anything comparable at that time. Like Marvel always kind of had this weird like era like era train with their animated series. So you had like Spider Man in the in the fifties and sixties, and then we got the seventies uh, was kind of like a weird blank spot for most of the animated series, and then in the early eighties we had a. Um, well, another but, but, Spider-Man cartoon that was on for a while, but it didn't really. It wasn't like high budget. I think. It was I, I, on, listen, like, I'm I'm not even going to play around. The the stuff that I mostly watched was probably the stuff you know, which we all did back the in the nineties. '90s with uh, you know <laughs> Spider-Man and X-Men. Uh, you know, X-Men. and then the crossover. Well, that's the thing though. You it, like to be honest, I think the DC was did phenomenal there too because we had at that point in time in the early 90s we had the Batman animated series which was actually a good iteration of Batman, the Superman animated series which wasn't bad at all, and then the Justice League and Justice League um unlimited I'm, I'm which making were all... faces at you. No, no, <laughs> I listen, and we all know on record 
Not a Batman fan. But you know what, though? Batman the Animated Series, go fuck yourself. That shit was awesome. No, it was. And that shit I, was I'm better not, I'm not than, Marvel, than anything Marvel had produced I'm, even back then. I'm, I'm not debating you on that. Yeah, no, I mean... Batman the Animated Series is definitely I, I probably know, one of the that, greatest. That X-Men theme song, though, that will always... Like, okay, get that out of your head. Exactly. But, no, still, I'm just saying, though, you look at the series as a whole, I still think that the Batman animated series put out more quality content than X-Men or Spider-Man back in those days. Yeah, and remember this. If it wasn't for the animated series, we wouldn't have Harley Quinn. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, Please, no more. No, no, <laughs> no more. Not, yes, I'm just, no. I'm sorry, Harley Quinn is a great character, but the fact that they've really gone overboard with this character. They've doubled down so they've hard. They've doubled down so hard that I'm, I'm waiting for her to actually disappear from relevancy. And they've doubled down so hard on her because they have nothing else they have to offer. Uh, I thought you were totally going to do a dick joke there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No. No. But, well, they have made her a man already now. They've, they've done crossovers for every there, character. There's a, there's, a, there's a world where Joker is a female. and oh, Of course. Like, I mean, if we're talking the multiverse, you have the Rule 63 or whatever rule it is of the internet. No, it's Rule 63. That's what I just said. Is so whatever rules they have on the internet. Yeah. Well, so the, the rules on the internet are true. Okay? <laughs> Damn it, Sin. You should know this by now. I know. You look up enough shit. But it's, but it's the multiverse concept. Of course, you know, I have, when you have an infinite amount of different universes you're it, looking you're at. You're guaranteed to find one that's has yeah. gender role reversal. Yes. Okay. Um, so I think if we get into the nitty gritty of the movies, though, Marvel wins. And I, as a DC fanboy, I will still admit that. Um, it's it's not debatable. I, I've even gone I've even gone back now and I, I, I on our Justice League review I, I was still in the hype mode for the movie because we had just watched it. Now that I've gone back and reprocessed it, the honeymoon mind, phase is over. Yeah, my honeymoon phase is over. That's a that that's at a, like a maybe a good sixty five percent for me. Like I'm gonna give it a Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> wow. Okay. I yeah. mean, it's still decent. It's still better than anything else DC has put out. But I have now seen, like, I've gone back and replayed some of it in my mind, and I see the holes. I mean, the, the <laughs> well, best... there, there are holes, just like there are holes in freaking any Marvel movie. I still, I agree with you though. Big. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just agree with you though. I think that it was um, a really good attempt for DC to do it. But if we actually got the footage that they're talking about for a lot of the cut stuff that they took out of the movie to try to sharpen it up, I think that Justice League potentially could have been a lot better. Oh, yeah. And that that's saying it where most people are like, holy shit, movies are way too long and, you know, you need to cut some stuff out. I think that movie needed more to actually be a better roundup movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of just, it felt a little rushed How, however, at times. However, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice needed less. <laughs> a lot less. And that's what I was talking about. So even, <laughs> even on DC's best day when it comes to their cinematic universe, because, uh, isn't Zack uh, Snyder with the the Dark Knight? Isn't that Dark part Knight of the, that's yeah. part of canon? Well, it, it's not it's not part of the DCEU. Okay, which is not, sad not because that's DCEU. pretty much the best that they had going for them. And no, so Z- uh, did I say Zack Snyder? Or? Zack, Zack Snyder Superman. Uh, yeah. That's right. No, sorry. Uh, and it's not. It's <clears throat> it's, it's um, Chris Nolan. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Christopher my... Nolan. Yeah. The Nolan verse. This is this is just how much like I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm terrible um, with freaking actor names and in directors' names. Anyways, I just know whether the movie is a piece of horseshit or not. Exactly. So, and that's what matters. Yes. Yeah, like, so well, the thing is, like, with, okay, Zack Snyder focused more on the visuals, which weren't even that great. You know, like when 
I my thing with the, the Justice League movie, I couldn't stomach the Zack Snyder movies because the fucking CGI fight scenes were horrific. I couldn't. To be honest. I will, I mean, I will give, give you a point though. Like, it, I'll concede it so there's not necessarily a big fight about this. When it comes down to, um, actual, uh, CG quality for movies, DC compared to, to Marvel. I oh, mean, God. Marvel has, Marvel has the backing of Disney. So kind of, they, they kind of have it on lock right there. Well, being pre-Disney. Really look at, look at Iron Man. Okay, like, okay, just... okay, Cyborg. His movements within the movie were within the movie were kind of like Clunky. a little. Yes, I wasn't. You know, you've seen. He's so a robot, much, damn it! <laughs> but you've seen <laughs> other uh, other movies, even freaking a Pacific Rim. Okay, that's absolutely no. Let's not talk Pacific Rim because you don't want to hear me shit on that fucking movie. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, then Iron Man, a full suit of armor. No, that, but that was Iron Man <clears throat> One was not full CG. <clears throat> He actually had prosthetics in that. He had yeah. an actual suit. But that. we're talking about when he's flying around, and it's obvious where he's actually obvious. Fighting. Troll is obvious. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> even even when we're coming down to Man of Steel versus Iron Man One, the flight for DC was at least better than some of the stuff that was out in, I'll say, Justice League for the animation. But again, that was um, the the evolution of their CG picked up because of Disney. Now. They took out a lot of props, which is horrible because in Iron Man 1, before they were taken up by Disney, looked good, hmm. okay? The, 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 um, digital artifacts from Disney pushes it that much better. They didn't have to wear real suits. But if you're talking specifically about flight on flight, Superman in Man of Steel had good flight. Good. Iron Man had good flight. But that's really the, the biggest CG comparison. Between pre-Disney and post-Disney. Well, even more than just the flight, because again, if you even just look at the fight scenes with Iron Man, because obviously he's not wearing a suit when you see the actual like fighting going down, it's a lot smoother. It's a lot... In one, he literally had like a suit during the entire filming. Yeah, yeah no, did, but I'm talking about, during, not the, I'm talking about during the fights. During the fights, that CG. There's only there's have. only there's only two fight scenes in that entire movie, and one is him going like this and firing at a tank, and the other one. No, 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 for for those who can't see Mike, and I know that's a lot of you since this is a podcast and no visual, <laughs> he put his arm out forward to say a rocket came out of his wrist. Just, just <laughs> yeah, for context. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think people understood that. Okay. Um, just making sure. But then Again, you, you pointed at, like, any of the DCEU films, like, the, the, the fight scenes, like, even just uh, Superman against Zod just looks so well, weird. It was, it was supposed to, it was supposed know. to push a digital edge that they, were, that they were going for. Zack Snyder does certain things very creatively, but he also does things really weird sometimes. That was one of those weird pushes. Well, his excuse is he wants to make it seem more like a comic book fight scene movie or something. It was kind of, at certain, well, at certain points, I'm like like out. No, but no, you've seen better fight scenes in comic books than you see in a freaking movie. And then, of course, let's oh. also, since we're riding on the, like, getting on top of Superman train in Justice League, his face. My God! No, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. We, we even talked about that in the thing. It, it's we, one of those things. Like, yes, it looked weird, but it, it happened for a reason, and it was you a know reason. which I still call bullshit. Going back to that, because the way Par- uh, was it a Paramount? I think was the one. I figured out it was for Mission Impossible. Is the movie he's he's shooting? So. They were being dicks, and they're just like, no, he's not going to shave his face and wear a fake stash. Because they easily could have done that. Because shave his face, the, the, you have for like the, the fake facial hair that they do for a lot of movies, it looks well. 
mean, you, you, you mean it looks but good? But they gave Chris it, Evans a fake chin to cover up his facial hair. And uh, okay, I'm not gonna. I, I was gonna say I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna debate the the like judgment making of whether he should or should not have uh, <laughs> shaved his face. I think. Come on. Motherfucker didn't have a long beard to begin with. He probably could have. So, uh, yes, I can't, like... He looked like Robbie Rotten. Nah. <laughs> okay. Uh, aside from the uncanny valley of um, the, the the face of... Henry Carville. Henry Cavill. <laughs> um, yeah. Words. Yeah. Words. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> aside, aside from that, though, like... The rest of the movie looked a lot better than a lot of the um, teasers and the trailers. It, it did, but I mean, Cyborg is... still looked a little weird in, po- in spots. But I think that was, to be honest, I think that's a good way to go with it. He he shouldn't have looked natural that close to his evolution into being Cyborg, because that's the thing. The whole thing about Cyborg is he's constantly adapting. Um, that end scene where they show him kind of adapt to the more like yeah, it morphs into the more that sovereign. actually looked better in this. I, in the yeah, to way. his point, that evolution as it kind of got deeper into the movie, um, Cyborg looked better. Okay. I'm not going to say the rest of the CG was getting better, but but well, Steppenwolf with the way his his facial reactions to his speech seemed a little off for me. He he literally looked like one this of the This is an uh, alien trying to learn how to speak English. What kind of shit? Uh, why are you such an alienist? <laughs> what the fuck is no. <laughs> no. Guys trying to learn how to speak fucking universal no, he's language been and shit. on earth several a couple decades or centuries before. Fuck when them. English didn't exist. <laughs> it did. It was medieval English, sir. Um, Apparently they all speak British. Okay, first off, this is like a millennia before. This was like ancient Pharaoh's time, okay? They were all playing fucking children card games with the Pharaoh, alright? This is what I'm talking about. This was not English. (laughs) It was, because it was the Game of Thrones. They decided that people that represent humanity was was the Game of Thrones assholes. No, it was not Game of Thrones. It was Lord of the Rings. Get your reference right first, (laughs) okay? This was let's collect all the races together. But no, I'm talking English. about in regards to the humans, but yes, I guess you could still say Lord of the Rings, fuck you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pick your nerdy it, reference, it doesn't anyway, matter, it Rings. was still okay. not Pharaohs playing like cards a reenactment of Lord of the Rings. Yes. Oh, Anyways, the- Steppen- <laughs> Steppenwolf looked like one of the giant blue dudes with horns from, um... Uh, You're pointing to me for to help you on this reference. And <laughs> I have well, you mind. should help me on this reference because you play the game more than I have. Blue um, horned fuckers. Yes, that could be uh, many. Uh, the Canari. Oh, okay. I, I'm just, but you're you're further backing my point, though, is the fact that when you look at, um, let's look at stage one versus stage one of Marvel versus DC in the in the universe. Um, you're looking at how how old is Iron Man one? Two thousand and eight. That was the first okay. Iron Man. Okay, so 2008. That's what I was going to say. I don't think 2004 was it. No, I was like, that's two, that's two. That's <clears> okay, so, and then and then you look at what year did they produce uh, Man of Steel? That one had to be like what? That was like 2012? I want to say 12 or 13. 12 or 13? Okay. So they had time to make that shit they, look they good. They did. They had time, but when we're looking at and certain it's... effects. But Iron Man also used a lot more live props. So 2013. Yes. Okay, I was not that far off. Uh. All right. No. So you you look at um I mean you you look at where they spent the money for CG. I think it's like any other production. You know where where certain money is, 
They're gonna pump it into certain things. I, I look at look at freaking Inhumans. All right, that that piece of trash. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, okay. The, you, so. You look shots at shots fired. Yeah, this. you look at you look about, at humans and that we'll talk about shows. You cannot yeah. defend right. Inhumans. I'm sorry. No, I can't yeah, defend I Inhumans. Can't. I can't defend Even Inhumans. Even as a Marvel fan, you can't defend Inhumans because it was some of the CG, most of the Sweet. CGI. I found the point where we're just like, well, what about Inhumans? That piece of trash. So, well, but they we spent all their money. They spent all their money in the point was in uh, Lockjaw. Yeah, and then Medusa's hair, which got cut off anyways. In the so first therefore, episode, because first episode. Because first. if you look at yeah, it was like the first. Toward I mean, the they, they had that special two part. Whatever. They, they jammed them together. So so first. you look at the the money where they spent on that. They they wanted to concentrate a lot into Lockjaw because they needed that animated figure to be there and, and interact the with about, the people. With that, they diminished Medusa's importance because her hair is what makes. I'm not talking about the writing. We haven't even gotten on that. <laughs> we haven't even gotten on that. <laughs> like, we're no, talking. We're talking about the. We're talking about the CG. The, the, talking about the CG. Even a little weak too. To be honest, to most of the money that was spent on making Inhumans was spent on the fact that they used IMAX cameras, which is still really expensive to use in production costs, and <clears> they also shot on location in Hawaii. Yes, they spent a lot of money <laughs> that, to go. That's on where. Location that's in where their. That's where all their money was. Which, but that's the thing. You look at the importance of where the money should have been spent. Lockjaw, I agree. You needed to make him look good. That was money, kind of well spent. Bad acting towards where they're trying to locate that. They should have did what they did in, um, like, uh, making of, um, Planet of the Apes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Had live stand-ins instead of what they do in Game of Thrones, which is they just kind of oh. have this, you well, know, golf with, ball um, saying, hey, look at it. With Guardians of the Galaxy, they used an actor to do stand-ins for Rocket Raccoon. I, 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 I see that more likely because then you can actually interact with something there mm-hmm. instead of looking at a tennis ball, which I feel they did for Lockjaw. Um, the biggest part, which pissed me off because they kept on going back to it, the city of Adelon. Okay? The city of Adelon looked like absolute garbage. It was that, just gray walls. That was, yeah, that was, that was just poor design. That, that was not just poor design. It was the animation looked like someone literally took a three-year-old child, say, here's a great crayon, calling me a freaking city. Like... It looked that bad. I, I so now that impressed. now that now that John has decided to deflect from the atrocities that it is into shows. My point was is that the money that they barrel into certain effects and in certain points in the movie go further at some points or the other. So when you look at the CG in Man of Steel and you look at um the 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 terraforming machine, the generator, okay? That generator, the CG for that looked amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I was sure. gonna. I was nodding my head like it was. It was pretty good. All right. <laughs> You're, we're, but here's the thing: we come. We're coming to this point where we're kind of arguing the the variation between CGI and using like. Um, we're focusing on one aspect when we're really talking about the total package when it comes to the movies. And yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree. They just marvel, at least when it comes to their cinematic universe, until they see can I turn think around. It, well, we I haven't think talked about the story, the, the written part well, of Well, this, 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 this is what I'm trying to get to. As a, as a whole <clears throat> package, DC has taken not enough care with what they're working with when it comes to the movies. Marvel has taken a lot of care in actually developing their cinematic universe. And it shows. However, I think DC is getting better. The, and the thing is, is Warner Brothers is one of the biggest things that they have to get past. Like, DC does not can have creative control over most of their movies. You don't have Jeff Johns writing the scripts for these movies. You don't have, 
uh, Michael J. Straczynski writing any of the scripts for any of these movies. These movies are being handled in-house by Warner Brothers, which means you have to deal with Warner Brothers. Oh, the reason why the Dark Knight movies were good is because they were actually handled by someone who knew how to write. <laughs> okay, so then what's Marvel's excuse? Because they're using their writers. They're using not, some of the Marvel writers. Not all, not all of them, and not also in not in all the movies. But they're also using people who actually love they the had Marvel Josh, properties. They had Josh. That's, well, yeah. If you want to go ahead and argue that they love the property, sure. Except for Josh Whedon, uh, last time I checked, did for Marvel and DC. <laughs> well, Whedon's a comic book writer, though. Like he has his he has background in writing comic books, and you also so have does Kevin um, Smith. I'm well. I'm so okay. That's a perfect segue because um, when Kevin Smith he did episodes for the Flash, and I think we can agree that that's the most successful DC live action. He's also done episodes of Supergirl, which have which has become a much better show than some of I, the other things that Marvel has done, like Agents of Shield. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though, has Started become... on a good note, No, and exact opposite, went actually. went downhill, and no, no, then no. has come back up. Exa- exact opposite. It actually started very shitty. Critically, and as far as audience is concerned. Because that's actually why I still don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is because of how horrible the first season was. Everybody's telling me that it gets much better with time. Like, it ramps up. And now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has basically become a powerhouse for Marvel in regards to... No, no, don't believe me? Go ahead and look it up. And also in the comments below, uh, go ahead and say whether or not that's true as well. Go ahead and correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. The Life that's Model Decoy season was was terrible, and then the Agents of Hydra season was but if you, slightly better. But, but if you want to talk about that, let's, let's go ahead and get on Flash, since you're using Flash as your whole main point. Flash's storylines, as seasons went on, got worse and there, there were episodes that were that, that were weird, but they, they, all in all, each season He's has been so on fucking about the whiny, same. and he keeps making the same fucking mistakes. Whoa, whoa, whoa! First off, it only proves that the Flash has always been a villain. Okay. <laughs> Is this your opinion of just anybody who's not Superman? <laughs> Villains. No, no, Villains. okay, no. We're, we won't even get into the fact that literally, like he he has. Good intentions, and he just screws it up. So therefore, he is the greatest villain. Okay, yes. he doesn't. He does, he's a villain by accident. Barry okay? Barry Allen has always, in even in the comic books, kind of been this character that tries to do things. His but he's way. never this whiny. Come on, let's be serious. I don't think I, I don't think he plays him as a whiny character. He does, I really I, don't. You know especially in the. In the I in almost the feel like being an ass. And just putting in clips of, like, the numerous times of when he whines, and I can guarantee you from all the seasons, I could probably get a half hour's worth of Barry whining. <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, I feel like we're both coming up to this same exact point of which uh, DC and Marvel can't do actual live-action TV shows. Yes, I, That's think, what, I, think, I think this is where there's, there's <laughs> going to be... stalemate right there. It, it, like, <laughs> if our best rebuttal is, hey, look at Flash, and you're saying... The the worst thing that comes out of Flash is that he's whiny, and then okay, I'm gonna well, jump into the Arrow. Okay, that's Batman <laughs> uh, for real. Like, and that's why it's that's why it's going point, weird. I'll, I'll, okay, Oliver Oliver <laughs> is not dark and Brody. I mean, dude, he's like this. No, he's an alcoholic. Or uh, no, <clears throat> yeah, alcoholic. alcoholic well, okay, who he's, likes to he's bang? A womanizer. Okay, he's yes, a womanizer. In the in the comics, he's a womanizer. But they have done dark and brooding uh, Arrow. Yeah, okay, New yeah, Fifty Two but... Arrow was literally he found out his father was still alive. He found out Shadow was yeah, still alive. He found out he had a sister. Everybody, the TV keep... show. thanks for the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> <ass>. <laughs> 
But, yeah. We're already into rebirth. You don't but, get another actually, try. Actually, you know what? No, um, I, I take it back on who wins as far as TV shows are concerned because I'm sorry, Netflix still counts for yes. Marvel. No, we're going to get into Netflix series because DC is working on the well, not their own version of Netflix. Well, still, kind of their own still version. TV of, Warner Brothers is working on their own version. Still of TV Netflix. series, and they haven't done it yet. And Hulu, um, which I haven't seen Runaways. Yeah, I haven't seen Runaways, but I haven't heard that great of things. <clears throat> Actually, it's at, so far, Rotten Tomatoes has it at eighty-one percent. Fresh. I, I don't okay, care. I don't, trust. I, don't, I don't know I why. Know I don't know I why. I have no idea why people look at Rotten Tomatoes for as the high as the bar. Yeah, yeah I don't why, know why is it like movie trailers have started yeah. to use Rotten Tomatoes? The, now. Like Rotten Tomatoes is some kind of fucking expert. Like they just kind of. I think literally Rotten Tomatoes is the biggest fucking troll out there. They just kind of go over to a dartboard and go, "All right, here's a movie. What are we gonna score it? I don't know. Let's fucking hit the darts I mean, and see where it's going to be." Wasn't like La La Land like a ninety. 2% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that movie is horseshit. Well, I think Metacritic is probably a, a closer thing to the actual bar. Because right. Metacritic, Metacritic is literally a collection of all the critics, all people's reviews, like actual people. But that's the thing, though. Putting it together. Like, okay. But even then, you still wouldn't trust Metacritic. I agree. You don't trust the reviews yes. that are out there. You form your own I opinion. don't trust exactly. people whose opinion is based on having an opinion. <laughs> But I mean, even looking at the, the TV, <laughs> looking at the TV series, you have to include Netflix. I know you don't want to okay. because that's the nail in the coffin against DC. But, but here's the thing: even some of the Netflix series for Marvel have not been fantastic. Only, only one has there which been you can name, which is Iron Fist. Iron Fist was weak. Still, it was weak. And even their weakest entry was still better than. But, but uh, has there like, been a? I'm trying to like literally think. Now I'm a little bit sick, so I can't. But, uh, has there been Don't blame your illness. Three of us are sick. Three of us are sick. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm like worse than you guys. So, shh. All right. We're at least recovering. Exactly. Yeah, you guys are recovering alcoholics. I'm still an alcoholic. (laughs) Um, like, I'm trying to think. Is There's no DC Netflix series, correct? Um. Um, There's an animated one and that's it. Okay, so, but. You have Gotham. Which is not on Netflix. I am not going to defend Gotham because that <laughs> has set the bar for the biggest. I would watch Inhumans <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> oh, on repeat. Damn. John's, hell, John's hell is amazing thing. He's strapped to the chair, you know eyes it, open. Literally, hold on. I'm changing my opinion about Inhumans. <laughs> I love that show. Just don't, please don't make me watch fucking Gotham. Just please, what? please Here. give me a season two of Inhumans. Just nothing more I'm, for I'm going to make you say this on record. Yeah? On the microphone. No, I already do. So when it comes to Netflix, though, it took characters that nobody gave a shit about. Eat a dick. Don't make me say this. It took characters that people didn't give a shit about, like Daredevil. And Frank Castle, and made them enjoyable. Like, uh, you, listen, you know, I don't need to say anything. Just reference earlier episodes of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say this. You would not get this out of me. Here's the thing: you you want to go on the whole like how critics take some of the movies that we put out? Yeah. Well, Gotham is actually. Doing really well on Fox for some weird reason. I don't know why. I don't like the show personally. Have you not realized? But there are fans of that show. People are masochists. Yeah. They like torture. 
as far as things go, it's actually on par with some of the Netflix no, series. No, as no far, way. Like, mm-hmm. well, as popularity. according to its re- mm-hmm. like popularity and reviews, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm talking about general pop. And actually, the casting for Gotham <laughs> looked good on paper, and then was horseshit when it actually came to filming. I don't know, like, and that's more of a me thing. Like, I think that none of like none of these people work well together, and Harvey I think it was shows great. Harvey is great. Um, Bullock, yes. Um, I was going to say, I think the only thing... The guy from Vikings? (laughs) No, I was going to say, I thought the only thing... Alfred. No, the only thing that came out good with... um, Proto-Batsuit. No, no, no. The only (laughs) thing that came out written and done really well for freaking the the crappy Batman show was um, Joker. Like, uh, the kid from the, the, the kid. No, he was the only was good, thing that was good. I, I hate that reference point. Only no, because... I don't care what you like and don't like. Yeah. <laughs> this this isn't about you, Mike. It's this Civil is... War amongst the DC. <laughs> this, is, this is not about you. I'm just saying that whole series is bad, but I could at least cherry pick that small sequence of events with that. I don't even know who that actor was. Which He's one? from Shameless. Yeah. Sure. Cameron Monaghan? I don't watch Shameless either. But... Um, don't, don't give me that shit. <laughs> so, the, the, but the only thing that was good out of that show was, you can die in a fire too, uh, <laughs> the only thing that was good about that show was Joker. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Oh, I, 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 like, there were, there are bits and pieces of Gotham that weren't complete. I, I know you don't but... agree with this, because <laughs> you and I discussed this, John, but I do, I do like, I mean, I have did manage Gordon. to Oh my god, he's horrible. Yeah. No, the Gordon, first, the, Gordon was I, bad. I, Gordon's the, bad. Um, Barbara was bad. Uh, I mean, she looked good, but she was just a horrible actress. Um, shots fired. Yeah, no, I, I will fire shots at that one. I like I said, I, I can't defend where you can't defend in humans. I can't defend Gotham. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> like, you're gonna throw that in our Absolutely. face. We're gonna throw that in yours. Absolutely. <laughs> if we're going tit for tat, guess what? I'm gonna call in humans every day of the week. What? Fuck Gotham. But real, <laughs> real quick, I never gave two shits, even as a Marvel fanboy, about Daredevil. Netflix made me care about Daredevil. And even Daredevil Season 1 2 is probably my favorite of the. But here, Netflix here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Hallway fight scenes. Hallway fight scenes. Um, a staple of yeah. Netflix <laughs> Marvel series. Netflix <laughs> got. Got like fair, like they got a fair licensing deal with Marvel. It actually had nothing to do with Marvel. Like originally, it had nothing to do with Marvel Studios. That was something that was done by Netflix Studios and Netflix Studios alone. No, it was still was done. It was done with and the permission so, of Marvel. No, 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 they still had people involved from Marvel in the production of that. It, it, it they became more heavily involved with time. Yeah, and then it became obvious. Hello. Go ahead. Freaking try, uh, try and fire your shot. Try. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. It was just so, so bad. Monotone. Yeah, no, that, that And that, we're talking that's, about a series that involves fighting ninjas. That's that, how could it be that I wouldn't monotone? Even, I wouldn't even blame like Marvel know. for that. It was the and, showrunner that they got. And Defenders which was, still, Defenders like, was fault, only but. good because I think like just having the guy that played Matt Murdock and the girl that played Jessica Jones come back and Revisit those roles saved that show. I think it was more than that because everybody played well off each other, especially the chemistry between Luke Cage and Danny Rand, setting up for Heroes for Hire, baby. I I still didn't think that Defenders was that great. Yeah. It, it wasn't the best. It wasn't wasn't the best. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely shit on that. But I, I don't think that. I don't think that their chemistry was that on point. Like in the comics, 
they are they are much more. But like, in the comics are already established. This was them coming together. So you had to have that tension, even, especially because they didn't the, know one another. Even in the early iterations of like the like when you have comics where you're just meeting, like they're just meeting, they write it so much better. I think you have a lot more leeway in comics than you do in regular shows. But you don't have you don't have like that. Well, they're still I, I also suppose. trying to correct the fact that you know Danny Rand in Iron Fist is you know. Broody and angry. Whiny McMahon baby. Exactly. Where Which is not the, Danny Rain in the comics really, at all. Uh, and you're trying to segue him into the character he is in the comics where he's actually a little hopeful and upbeat and yeah, let's do this, you know? He, he, he's, he's, he's the one you're looking for. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, he's, no he's, he's a Californian no. surfer. Yes, he's the flash of no, the, he's that hippie. Group. No, he's not the flash he's no. by far. Because no. he's, he's not funny. He's hippie surfer. He's, he's very no, no, relaxed. In the, comics, you know? in the comics, he is a pretty much more you're, the... You're, Upbeat, You're trying to segue well, no, that he's from not, he's not really, Iron Fist right away. Uh, ah, ah, ah. Okay, oh. You're trying to segue that from Iron Fist right away, because Iron Fist came out, bam. And then you have Defenders, bam. And it's like, well, at what point, you know, does he start changing his personality? Which you see that in Defenders. And he, the, yes, when he starts, you know, the, the banter between him and Luke Cage... It starts changing him a little bit. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want. You're not my supervisor. So, you know, and it's hard. It's hard to try to, once you get the audience already hating a character and you have to write the character a certain way, it's, it's kind of hard. To, you you already is, have that stigma and, you know, the audience, I'm, I can be pure sometimes and, you know. You have a character that I love so well and you write, you write it shitty it takes me a while to forgive you. Uh, X-Men The Last Stand. The fuck with the Phoenix. Okay? Well, that's far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Let's throw some more shit over So, yeah, explain yourself with the whole fucking, like, Logan and Fantastic Four. Logan and Deadpool. Fuck you. We don't, we don't consider The Last Stand is a is that little speck of dirt under the table you can't get rid of. No, they're looking at, they're looking at, they're looking underneath the rug. They're looking underneath the rug. In a sense, I mean, growing up, I really didn't give two shits because you know what Mar- marvel still has it not is. managed to do anything even with the cartoons any attempt to save but, but, but to be fair but to be fair <laughs> aside from stopping writing any of the stories in the comics but, when it comes to fantastic writing new, new new mutants when it comes to the fantastic four i will say as a marvel fan and i'll agree with john it's because the fantastic four is the worst they are you could, whoa whoa, you whoa even, the, the only thing first off if you're anyone into comics uh-huh. you have to acknowledge fantastic four you whether, do. You, whether whether you you're the Marvel portion of the family. office it, it is it is it is uh whether whether you love them or you hate them let us know in the comments below um, <laughs> correct answer is hate like, yeah. <laughs> they tried the so much because they, they created the new fantastic four with wolverine well they they've had a lot of different writer. yeah and you got everybody so was in there it's like there's so many people like spider man they, they've mixed up the fantastic four to see what kind of formula works and, it's just, and apparently four doesn't work <laughs> um and the only things that come out of Fantastic Four that is epic for people. It's like Super Scroll and <clears throat> Doom. But <laughs> those are those are just some personal favorites. <laughs> but also Fantastic Four is where you get in humans. Like it, it, they did They introduced in humans in the Fantastic that, Four. Well, that, yes. that's the thing. They introduce a lot of things into Fantastic Four being uh or you know, the, everything the scrolls came in the Fantastic Four. Yes, absolutely. That that was uh, 
Fantastic Four, because of how they were written, was this bigger-than-what-Earth-is style of comic. Because they're literally cosmic. They're not Earth mutants. You know, so you can bring all this other stuff in. It wasn't like uh, Galactus introduced through Fantastic yes. Four. So a lot you... of the main villains, that, like the main characters that we have. <clears throat> no, so in other words, the, what, what you're looking for is Fantastic Four, which we love you, Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> it did a really good job at introducing people into the series that you're going to love more than Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing, much. the thing that it's the like it's that, like the, the the family member that brings a boyfriend or girlfriend that you love more than them, and then they <laughs> break up, and you're like, why? why? Do you do that? <laughs> and and this is this is gonna be my one defense of Marvel writing, or or actually also a negative point. They have managed to write Reed Richards as being the villain of his own goddamn story, but that, that's think, the logical conclusion if you think about yes. it. Yes. Well, the thing is, is he, they they've written him into being the smartest man alive. They've written him into. Being all these various things, but he just ends up kind of being a jerk, and nobody likes Again, him. logical so, conclusion. <laughs> but then I got a question. So are you saying that Reed Richards is the is horrible, <laughs> really crappy version of Batman? Yeah. Well, Batman's yeah. an asshole. Everybody states it. He's an asshole. He is an asshole, but he's also written in a way where technically he works out better as a villain than as a hero. So, and we'll use that to actually get into the comics, because you know we were coming to it. <laughs> Which is funny, because although Sin is on the side of Marvel on this, on this one, she is a Bat fan. I am. So that's why it's hilarious. So you can agree well, that he's so a better villain than So not only are we going to be arguing... Oh yes, there's going to be the war fanboys. and the civil war. <laughs> the so, war on infinite earths <laughs> and the civil war. So, looking at the comics, I know you guys are going to want to uh, argue this, but if you're looking at the past, Marvel definitely had better stories than DC because yeah. DC focused more on powers, more on the events. Then with Marvel, it was much more about the characters, so much about humane stories, stories that people can, can relate, relate to. to more. It was okay. grounded. I, I, the only reason why I'm going to disagree with you on this, and I think Mike might see my point on this, is when you got into certain stories, um, and I'll just pump this out there, with uh, Hal Jordan becoming Parallax, uh-huh. okay? Old story. Yeah. Okay. Introduced this character, immense power, and it's, it showed something adept to... This character, it showed an epic crisis that started to erupt. It wasn't anything about let's relate um, real world problems into comics, which I can understand a draw into that. This is still supposed to be an escape. This is still supposed to be a let's dive into this character. Let's do something unique. Okay. The the introduction of Parallax really does this thing where you're you're not just seeing Hal Jordan become the bad guy but you're also like in a way you get to see his internal conflict with this entity that is starting to take over his life well and- even even before you initiate with the entity you're looking at him he falls to it because of the issues of you know coast city being destroyed yeah. you know what i mean so sure you have that sin keep that pimp hand strong <laughs> Okay, so now you're talking about, like, the Phoenix Force is an embodiment of this all-powerful being that even Galactus doesn't want to fucking deal with. Yes. Okay. Devour, okay. Devourer of Worlds doesn't want to deal with it because it also could, you know, the Phoenix can help life or it could destroy life. And you see the whole Jean Grey fighting the, the, fighting her emotions to contain it. And it's just, it doesn't, 
you know, like, you see her going into the... Granted, you find out later it's not her. The Phoenix Force itself mm-hmm. is just taking the whole embodiment of Jean Grey physically. But you see how it becomes... Like <laughs> Anthony words, <laughs> words. <laughs> you know, like, I my, okay, my, my issue, my issue <clears throat> with going with the Phoenix Force thing is because of the fact that you know, in that writing of trying to compare this grandiose yeah, event, you, you want to say the whole thing about DC focusing so much on powers. That was Marvel playing their hand at things that were like this, just full destructive force. And you want to get on the whole Galactus avoiding her. It actually stems from the fact that he at one point. Found out that she would, like the Phoenix Force in and of itself, could actually sustain him for eternity if he could harness it. He found out he couldn't because it's actually more powerful than him. Well, don't <laughs> he doesn't, too, hence he doesn't want to deal no, with it. it don't, don't forget, though, too, is technically Galactus is built towards the balance of the universe and he yeah. does consume. She creates, therefore, he doesn't want to create, he doesn't want to mess with another cosmic entity. He doesn't want to upset the balance. He doesn't want to really yeah. upset the balance. But, okay, what oh, I'm trying, but, okay, but then you're also getting to the fact that you have to de- just destroy the Phoenix Force. The Shi'ar come after her and try to, they well, no, to they it. always try to contain. They never, no, they, they, they went through they a series They have attempted of, to destroy. Yeah, yeah but they also went through a series of taking, getting rid of all the grays and the, the family line my, my point is though is that realistically that that event for Fe- the phoenix force and uh what was it it was the end song right um depends on how many times how many right. reincarnations of the phoenix have which been time <laughs> either way the 1980s. I, I, I would assume that you're kind of referring to end song correct no no okay then yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm actually referring to the '80s, the '80s, '90s version of when the Phoenix Force was first introduced. You know, right? And then... Okay. But I, I think a lot of times too, you look at uh, when Phoenix Force and stuff like that was introduced was really nothing more than trying to erase Jean Grey. Yeah. Like they wanted lot. to. It, you look at any reiteration that it comes down to with Jean Grey is they no longer want to do a story oh. about Jean Grey. They want to kind of just erase oh, her. Yeah. A lot of that stemmed from the fact that the coupling of Cyclops and Jean Grey was so disliked by fans <laughs> that they actually tried to erase Jean Grey from the comics by replacing her with Phoenix. Like literally, the Phoenix became. More than, like, larger than life based on the fact that they essentially started changing uh, Marvel Girl, Jean Grey, into the Phoenix. Like, she just became a different mutant, (laughs) and they were just trying to write her without having to say her name as much. Because they ended up calling her the Phoenix in the comics and not even referring to her as Jean Grey before the Phoenix entity really became a thing like they didn't try to treat her like she was being mind controlled by something they were literally trying to write her out of the story and they yeah. couldn't do it any better way plot wise if we're comparing Marvel, yeah parallax which is that kind of entity towards phoenix is parallax was a story about a hero who literally under duress becomes this villain where Phoenix, majority of the time, is a story about an event that erases a character. And it has nothing to do with the character anymore. They use the character so- possibly as a plot and, device to go, In the hey, long run, yes. But it was um, the way it was starting out, at least as far as Jean Grey's story, was she's already... The X-Men alone mm-hmm. are... Just, the whole story about X-Men is about oppression. Well, it's about looking at a group of people that are shunned, you murdered... Gotta, you gotta remember where X-Men comes from. 
And X-Men really has its roots. Connecticut. <laughs> New York. The X-Men really have their roots sewn into equal rights. And a lot of what the X-Men was, was there for was trying to show that the whole equal rights movement in a different light. Like, it was trying to do things in a way where people were just being aggressive towards something that was different from them. And exactly the point we're trying to make. So, yes, with comics, it is a form of escapism, which is why they changed it the way that they did. But they were still also trying to show a very human story. Well, and this is what it came to a lot of just the characters beyond the X-Men. The X-Men was just simply just one of the characters we decided to go with. Let's also look at... Everybody in DC, almost nobody saw their powers as something that was a detriment to their life. Yes, they did. Hmm. Superman. Oh, he, he would bitch about it, but everybody loves Superman. Superman okay. never had to worry about anything. Or, or yes, he did. Oh my god! And th- and this is this is why I, I I hate on people who like oppress Superman for being. Not well written. He is actually one of the most intricate characters in DC. You static they... cling to close a black hole. Okay, let's okay, not even... Let's we're not, not going go about his powers. Yes, you're go going, ahead, go, yes, you're go going in about his powers, because then we can talk well, about OP poor, bullshit poorly, with, poorly with Marvel. Okay, you're talking about a 1940s, 1950s era storyline. You want to talk about weird crap coming out of your comics? Freaking Captain America used to beat people's heads in with rocks at periods of time. So, I don't, like... It, that's a superpower. That's what was a superpower. That's a superpower. Because he would throw, like, pebbles and people would die. Or fall unconscious because I don't, they didn't I don't, like to I don't, kill people. I don't know why we got into discussion about rock throwing and... Okay, yeah. no, I get it. Get it. <laughs> Throwing rocks at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Weird things happened back in the 40s and 50s. So, no, I'm we're like, going to get back to the point. So, we're going to get the off the powers is, is, and back to... Superman got to the point Tell me where, how he had it hard. Okay, you're talking about a person who <laughs> literally had an insurmountable amount of strength trying to not break everything around him. And him draw, like him drawing into knowing about him being from another world and growing up trying to, one, keep his identity safe and also trying to grow up with these fundamentals... I mean, he seemed to acclimate very quickly. Well, because he was born into it. I mean, the same thing. You're, you're talking about, uh, he, you know, he Captain... grew up around people that were normal. Like he didn't grow up among superheroes. He grew up around normal people. But he was able to get a normal job. If, if okay, if we're talking about normality, let's go back to Captain America because he he was, uh, uh, you know. Oh yeah, he adapted to being into the into the into the into the twenty first century real quick. Like I mean, realistically, you look at him; he had nothing to overcome. He came in. He got the super soldier formula. They didn't really. There was nothing new. It's like, hey. Cool, you're our guy. No in, pressure, no nothing like that. And in the original storyline, he wasn't even he wasn't even as meek as they made him in in more current versions. He was actually someone who was physically fit, was actually ready to become a super soldier, and was given the formula because yes, he was a he was a good standing person. 
and he had a, a very good moral fiber, and that's why they made him into Captain America. Later on in iterations, oh, of course, they, yeah, they, 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 they did the whole, like, he, he was this, like, scrawny little New York kid. And so, yeah, Captain, uh, Captain America probably had it best. You're saying that Superman, like, had it worst. I had he, he actually example had to go, had it bad. Well, uh, you I'm, gave me no, Superman. No, 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 if, if we're going, if we have to compare <laughs> apples yeah. to apples. Yeah, we're, let's, staple, let's do the two workhorses. Superman, Captain America. I'm a big fan of Captain America. I was going to say, we want to talk about workhorses, and we would, we should be using Spider-Man, especially because he's been around everywhere okay. on every team. Yeah. Dude can't even keep a job. <laughs> yeah. Because he has, because he has the smartest retard on the planet. Retard. No. <laughs> retard. No, no that, that's the whole thing. With great power comes great responsibility, which is a wonderful lesson to teach anybody. And I'm not being sarcastic. No. But he has to balance all this. They did that He's in Superman, though. That, that is almost literally... A, but look at the difference. Jonathan but, but look at the difference that they just rehashed. I, I oh, no, think, no, no, I, I they think, took that. Let, let, no. Let's put it this way. No, Superman has been around Superman, so much longer. Superman and no, I'm talking about Jonathan that particular Kent's line. The whole uh, the idea of great power comes great responsibility. Was originally stated as, um, with all your power, you have to learn control. And that's where that's where Marvel stole that from. It was an old DC line from prior to Spider-Man ever having an Uncle Ben, even. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, what it comes down to with Spider-Man, which, by the way, don't forget, I love Spider-Man. Okay? It, Mike has kind of a point. He's the smartest idiot on the planet because of the fact that it's not our fault. He never tries to it's use not, his intelligence it, for anything but his Spider-Man abilities. He no. doesn't use it for his daily life. He tries to be a photographer instead of being a scientist, which he knows he can do. He just doesn't... Well, no, because, that's, no they, that's probably actually the smartest thing that he does because of the fact that... Okay, a Superman reporter has an excuse to be gone for long periods of time. Scientist, he does not. Exactly. The photographer, freelance photographer is literally the only way he can keep any kind of job. And even then, he fails at that. Well, that's because he, he sucks at photography. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, free, takes, he takes great shots. Yeah. Freelance that's what Jonah keeps going to him. don't report to anybody. That's literally the he point. He just has to show up at the patent office once in a that's, while. That's literally the point. And he still doesn't even have time for that. He's still not even able to do that well with everything that's basically put on his shoulder. No, no. Basically, what you're saying is he sucks as a person. Because realistically, if he can't hold down being a freelance <coughs> photographer and have all this time on his fucking hands, if he, it's not, if he doesn't, doesn't have problem. all this time. That's the point. It's he because... came up with web fluid in like two days. No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that he can take multiple shots, okay? And then, yes, minute amount of time, turn that in for cash. I understand that he's struggling between personal life, you know, family life, superhero life. All superheroes have that issue he can't hold down a job because he's an idiot okay but you're looking at but again this is what we're talking about to marvel that's flash manages to be a csi and a superhero at the same no, 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 time no, no. all right well, flash kind of breaks the rules yeah anyways, exactly because, so because literally he could be fighting someone and having a conversation in microseconds which is why that was a terrible example <laughs> okay i'm but, just saying but that's what DC i'm talking about how to do when you better. look at when you look at powers when it comes to marvel x-men again being a great point of that to where people fear powers, you really don't see that when it comes to DC. Yes, you do. That's the whole point of Lex Luthor. Oh my god, that is the whole point of Lex Luthor. 
Him saying it, yes. No, no he gets a whole pe- he gets a whole group of people on his side. He becomes the president of the United States in the comics by being a fear monger. Yeah, when is that? In the current comics? That ha- that no, has happened twice. Mul- yeah, that's happened multiple times. And we're talking about the past comics too. Yes, past comics and, it happened yeah. in like the seventies, dude. Yeah, it, that's one person versus we're talking. The no, world. he turned the world against yes, Superman. He turned the world. No, no, but he but there, the world. there was. But, but we're talking in about that same regard. You're not looking at the people who actually were in the backgrounds tr- pushing that fear mongering towards the actual. They didn't take the much. Entirety, the no, the, but you had the entirety of organizations against Superman. You had entire organizations against the superheroes in the metas in DC. Oh, what do you mean you didn't see like people pushing towards the fear mongering? No, no, I'm side. saying you're not pointing out the fact that there are certain people that actually help push that agenda. Mm-hmm. I forgot what's his name that had Mask? to do. Trash. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he's a person who literally helped push that agenda, okay? If if you didn't have someone like that pushing that agenda, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Lex Luthor, realistically, who knows how that movement would have gone out. When you have someone like that who's pushing so hard and you have a registration go through, you also have someone like Lex Luthor who's basically like, well, superheroes need to be in check. It's the exact same type of scenario. Well, the superheroes need to be in check really didn't come... Majorly into play in Marvel. I'm talking about DC. Yeah, yeah. Lex Luthor is the one who basically pushes that type of agenda because he's humanist. Okay? Not that different than Trask trying to go against mutants because he's a humanist. Okay? I'm saying specifically that you are looking at, yes, the overall arcing idea of all these people trying to go against the X-Men because they hate mutant kind. Okay? Which was kind of in the back scope of a lot of things. But DC did the same thing, and they had less. Kind of, don't forget, there's a lot more out there in Marvel than there is in DC mm-hmm. in technicality. Okay, but you have you have a person who gets to the point of president to kind of put in those reforms to do that to to make those types of changes. So it's the they're, they're equivalently the same. So you can't rebut the fact that you know okay. You know, there's these struggles here. There's struggles over here, too. No, but we're we're just using X-Men as one example. A lot of the people, a lot of the heroes, when it comes to Marvel... What, deal with real-life problems? So does everybody in DC. And and I'm sorry, we can make that argument... I'm still waiting for the example past Superman. You said Superman is like... No, I I was going off the workhorse. There are other examples. Hal Jordan has had issues holding down his job because... He has to be on another part of the friggin' sector of space at the time. Well, we're not even talking about his job as a Green Lantern. We're talking about his job in the military, yeah. which, yes, he's been pulled off the military times. I mean, because it's every, just like, you're supposed to character... be a, a fighter pilot, like, test pilot. You're not here. <laughs> you're gone. So if you want to really go, Spider-Man can't hold down a job... Sometimes DC characters can't either. <laughs> okay, but does Hal Jordan actually want to keep his job, or is he more yes. happy as a Green Lantern? Yes, he loves being a test pilot. He loves still that, flying. That's the whole reason why he loves being a Green Lantern. And, and you have flies. Kyle Rayner. Yeah, who, but he used to do that, is my point. He doesn't need to be that test pilot anymore. Well, if he doesn't, then he doesn't have his, you know, rent paid. <laughs> Kyle I Rayner, mean, no, like, when he comes back to Earth, he no longer has a home. He got evicted, his family moved away. He can stay at the Green Lantern Corps. But what I'm saying is... He, it, it, he has to Spider-Man's been with welcomed at the Xavier him... Institute and with the Fantastic Four multiple times, too. So, and 
you know, Fantastic Four in New York. Yeah. What so I'm he's kind of good. You have you have characters in DC who like Kyle Rayner gives up his entire life to become a Green Lantern. Like he he has no more normality to go back to. And they they treat it like that. They they actually they it, it's one of those things like reading some of the the Green and this is why I always say Green Lantern is the glue to a really good mosaic for DC. It, it's this it, it really holds a lot of things together. And Green Lantern has done that through Rebirth, through New Fifty Two, through War of the Light, through everything that has gone on in DC. Green Lantern has been this comic, like the, the group of comics that have kind of remembered everything, even past Flashpoint, because it makes sense, because the Guardians are quintessent. It doesn't matter if you reset the world, they know what... They remain what, constant. They remain constant. So the Green Lantern Corps has been kind of kept constant, and they have been made in this in this way where they have humanized all these characters. Jon Stewart, um, Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, even Guy Gardner, who... I'm probably the only one here who's a fan of Guy Gardner in any aspect. That bull cut bastard yeah. needs yeah. to I, not. I think, he, I, I think he could be drawn better, but I thought that, like, character-wise, they do, they they've done things, and there's a reason why people are so like obsessed with DC, and that the, like to the point where New Fifty Two Superman had to be killed off to bring back the the previous incarnation of Superman. So that there was the classic Superman, every, because everybody wanted classic Superman back. I like New 52 Superman. I still like classic Superman much better, but New 52 Superman did some really cool things. Yeah, but wasn't he also a lot more aggressive and not so much the embodiment of he, what Superman was? He which was, everybody he was, wanted he was younger. He was, he was younger, uh, younger and he a little was, bit more cocky. Yeah. That's why yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to say he was... To the point where in every single Justice League panel... If there's a scene where Batman's in a room, he's automatically levitating. Like, Superman's always levitating, just so he's always taller than everybody in the room. And it looks so good. Oh, God. <laughs> just because every panel is drawn that way, Funny, it's hilarious. It's the idea, if we're talking about overall, though, the point is, what we're trying to say is, when you look at DC's universe, they do not see their powers as a burden. As to where a lot of characters... I, I disagree I with that. You're talking about... Oh, well, you only see him gripe. Well, technically, a lot of times, all you see is the the, Mar- the Marvel characters gripe about it. If you're talking about oppression, that has nothing to do with that individual character griping about it. That's literally the world looking at them and going, fuck those people. Okay? <laughs> I'm talking and about happened on that, both though. sides. Like I said, as far as how the individual character views it, as well as the rest of the world. What about the teenagers the There's, there's, there's the a lot space. of There's a <laughs> lot of characters that are in Marvel who... Well, let's focus on the teens now. Okay. I'm sorry, Young Justice and Teen Titans rolls over Young X-Men and everything else. There, one, all the storylines for... Just the, just the animated series for Young Justice was fantastic and was handled so well by um, Cartoon Network and by uh, Man of Action. Um, plus you have the actual Teen Titans comics that have gone on through over the years, not just the Teen Titans series. I mean, the new Teen Titans series is kind of weird on Cartoon Network, but the the first one was really well done, and the the the, the aspects of the characters have changed over the years. Like Red Robin leading the Teen Titans is very different from uh, Dick Grayson leading the Teen Titans. It 
Okay, we're talking about the teeny boppers, but I want to hear what Sin was having to say about her teenage experience yeah. with Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Runaways. Yeah. So the, I, I, unfortunately, the new, I don't know anything the new, about the new mutants. Yeah, I don't know anything well, about Runaways because not... I haven't. I haven't really <laughs> seen anything with Runaways. Enlighten me, Sin. Tell me. Tell me what these teenage experiences are. Because <laughs> I know you were trying to get something in there, and then Mike kind of ran over you. No, it's you know, like, I definitely like the Marvel teens better than freaking the Teen Titans or the DC teens better. You know, you've got, they, granted, we were talking about how, like, real life issues, you know, and I feel like, you know, sometimes you've got, certain things going on with the Marvel's versions of them. You're like, yeah, kids getting the, the, the shit beat out of them by their parents. You know? Did you ever try, stop trying to be a mutant? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you've got, like, the kids sometimes, you know, their choices, they're not accepted by, even within their, their group members, you know? And they're shunned by other mutants. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I feel like, the, you know, yeah, like, there's every... Teen group has, you know, their disagreements, like Teen Titans and stuff. But I feel like Marvel has a better way of expressing certain things. Teen angst? Yes. Just just emotion (laughs) Like, the runaways having to kill their parents. Yeah, which which you want to talk about, like, again, going back to the fucked up stories and, like, how people have it bad in Marvel. The runaways is literally the story of, okay... Your parents, parents are, are literally bad. the bad guys. And guess what? We just killed them. Where the fuck do we go now? Yeah. What you happens know? now with life? Legion got his the crap beat out of him from his own dad, and he's he accidentally killed his dad. What? And he was jailed for it. I th- I think we're running around in circles of the fact that you're it, there's obviously different tastes for different types of people. Different shows for different people. Yeah, pretty much because you're looking at a, a realistic touch. Well, Kind of to to a storyline, and then you you come over to something like Young Justice, which is more of yes, they have teen angst, they go through certain. I mean, things I will that. give DC the credit that they introduced the fact that when Roy Harper was younger, he was a heroin addict. Yes, you know, I will give them Th- these little the these little like well, you, peeling you, away at an onion type yeah. situations. Here's the thing: in in DC, a lot of times what happens is the sidekicks are raised by the superhero, so they don't get raised into normality. So normality doesn't Except make for sense. Tim Drake until his dad died. Um, well, and even Jason, like, Jason Todd. Jason Todd's father was a Anybody mobster. Anybody from the Bat family. <laughs> yeah. no, the Bat family's I mean, kind of, like, not, a, like, they, they have a shitty background. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's the thing. You're it's talking, all you're, you're talking about people that are being raised by someone that doesn't actually have superpowers. I'm talking about someone that, like, uh, Martian Manhunter's niece, Miss Martian, she's essentially raised by John Jones. She doesn't experience a normal life. She doesn't really have to go to school, but they send her to school anyways. She's a telepath. She could just learn everything she needs to learn and, by and being to, in a room with nine people. To, to kind of piggyback off that, you, you can also look at... I, I understand, back to the X-Men. Uh, I think X-Men is just kind of the big counterpoint because it encompassed so much of different storytelling for... And there was just so many characters there was so much going on um you look at the kids for x-men you look at the lower class um the ones you know the younger class Mm. (laughs) (laughs) the the younger class they were mentored by 
you know, the actual X-Men. Now, they're, they're also, yes, pulled away from that general society that has shunned them to a, a new experience. They're still hearing some of that crap in the background, but at the real time, though, they're going through a different experience in kind of a controlled environment, you know what I mean, to kind of shelter, uh, shelter them a little bit away I, from what society is kind of well, the new Generation on. X thing too. What they're doing is like the kids that graduate can join <clears throat> the X Men, or they can try to acclimate into normal society. Normal society. I, I, I don't want to talk about what Marvel's doing now. Uh, yeah, no, because no, you know what? I know even as a Marvel fanboy, we want to talk about the now. <laughs> mm, Marvel could be doing better. It almost yeah. seems like the original point I was making is kind of flip flop. Now Marvel is focusing more on the big events and all the crazy things that are going on. And DC is focusing a lot more on the characters themselves. But uh, then if you think about it, haven't some of those writers crossed over? Because you got Jim Lee now working with DC. Bendis is now with DC. Yeah. Well. Yes. I, I think it's all, I think it's always going to be those waves of, do I want to work with Marvel in these characters right now? Or do I want to work with DC in these characters right now and bring something that that artist specifically it does really well at storytelling? Mm -hmm. And that's you kind know. of a tale as old as time because Marvel and DC, even though they are, I don't want to say they're enemies, they're more like rivals. It's yes. like Goku and Vegeta. They uplift one another. Because they take each other's ideas, they play off one another. They're Magneto and Professor Xavier. Well, that, it, <laughs> ah, she they, wanted to use Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they, there are two different schools ideas, of thoughts. Yes, similar, that is the same coin. Blah blah yeah. blah. But I'm execution's different. Yeah, I'm completely entranced by Dark Knight Metal right now. Actually, no, no. It's actually it's a great storyline. Actually, the I know. stuff that's coming it, out it with is that. really good and you and you should especially love it because it just shows what you guys have always been trying to say. Batman's which, a villain. Yeah, <laughs> Batman has always been. A, it was always meant to be a villain. He's a much better villain than he ever is a hero. I think I definitely think that he would always be written as a better villain than he would be a hero. Which, um, which is a really crappy lead up into how they did that because the whole. Court of Owls is like, we're going to pour Batmantium. And yes, that's literally what they do to him. And that's what it's called. That's poor writing. Yes. Yeah. We pour Batmanium on <clears throat> Batman to open up the Promised Land. And instead they open up the negative multiverse, bringing in the Bat Who Laughs, Barbados, the Destroyer, Destructor, Devastator, whichever yeah. one it is. Doom Bat. Yeah, Doom the Bat. Uh, Red Death. The yes. drowned one. They, they, they have a lot of cool characters that are being written into this story. Um, and for being a person, again, I don't want it to be misconstrued. I may not be a Bat fan, but at the same time, though, I can appreciate a lot of the You'll writing. You give credit out. where credit is due. I give credit where credit is due. And right now, actually, Bat Metal, which I made fun of initially because it's like, you know, this whole... Batmantium. Yeah. It was the Batmantium. That's it, it, what it we're still that. making fun the, of. The, the, you know, I'm starting to get into the writing, and it was thanks to you and my buddy Jeff. Um, Holy shit, like, th this is shaping to be a really interesting series. I told you, and that's Again, why I was saying you should check it out. And DC has... This isn't the first time DC has saved a character with writing. Let's talk about Aquaman. <laughs> oh, no, I will, because... No, they, they've redid everything Because remember, Aquaman. I've been an Aquaman... Like, even though I've always been more Marvel, <laughs> when it came to DC, the one character I always did like to focus on, the one I did enjoy, was Aquaman, even when all he did was talk to whales. Uh, and I was so I don't glad... don't talk to fish. I, I'm so glad they've kind of really taken a look at his powers, 
re-examined it and really put it to the forefront. Because he's always had that super strength. He's always had the, the ability to be more human than human and do a lot more than he was capable of that they've shown in the past comics. Yeah. I like the fact that not only did they turn him into this two side like this two sided character like he's he's multi dimensional now instead of just being the one dimensional fish man. Um he now has this whole aspect of not only being the king of Atlantis, but he's also trying to be the part of the part of the Justice League. He not only is the um, like interim leader in in parts with the Justice League, not only because of his strength, but because he's incredibly good with tactics. He during the trench storyline, he essentially defends both Gotham and Metropolis in. Without Superman or Batman. Well, to, to kind of correct you, because I've been shitting on Aquaman for years, <laughs> um, is I don't think they've actually changed that much about his story. I just think that they've written him better with the the qualities that they've always kind of they were had there. there. They're just they now just fully find it, and they made him not as freaking hokey and dorky without, about cutting, without fully, cutting off a hand and attaching a captain hook yeah, yeah they fully <laughs> utilized what was always there yeah they did because he's always been this in between worlds he's always well, been the, realistically he's, yeah he's always been this man between worlds he's always been this king of atlantis he's always been this person realistically yeah okay. no no, no. Um, what, what i'm trying what i was trying know, to get to with that another mini civil war yeah, yeah <laughs> but but realistically these qualities have kind of always been there the writing is just spotlighting certain things in the tone of them a lot better to make him honestly an epic fucking character and also since new 52 he has also been drawn better than he ever has been before and and to actually kind of wrap out my point because obviously we've already been saying that um dc writing wise comic books is kind of better the comics right now currently yeah um movies movies marvel better tv shows okay so 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 if we're gonna if we're gonna talk tv over there anything animated yeah. In comics, DC. DC animations have the animated so, movies have been great. exactly. Flashpoint was fantastic. Yeah, the, exactly. So it, they both have kind of what we set up in the beginning. They both have their kind of unique uh, portions of the the market that they've divided into. Yeah, I mean, if we really look at everything we discussed, if we had to keep a tally, I think it'd actually be a tie. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if scorecards were up, unfortunately, in a boxing match, we'd have to have a round two. Or, like, well, a, an actual second boxing match. Because it, it's going to go several points on one side, several points on the other, and it's going to be a tied match. But I think what's most important, despite, like, all this back and forth between us and the fighting... And notice how there's no infighting on the Marvel side, but there's some infighting on DC side. We'll leave that alone. That's because it's... Mike is wrong. A lot of times. <laughs> Mike is a Peter Parker of this podcast. Yes, you can't hold down a job for a freaking this podcast. But I mean, ultimately, we we can all agree that there's reasons why we love Marvel and DC. They are definitely the at the forefront when it comes to comics. Exactly. And then yes. we all are, are fans and we can appreciate both sides. Yes. Who wants to argue for Vertigo? So, uh, like a... Image actually does have some good comics but still doesn't hold a candle unfortunately to yeah. Marvel and DC. Well, yeah, Marvel and DC are the giants. Yeah, yeah. They, they are the giants. They, they're the ones that keep you know, everything going. Who, who owns Hellboy now? 
A dark horse. Dark horse. Okay. Dark horse. Okay. I'm not paying attention to Hellboy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, oh. no, 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 no. I, I only the, watched um, the movie. I can't say I read the comics. The yeah, comics and that should make you stray away from everything <laughs> anyways. Uh, <laughs> I think the best indie thing out there right now is uh, The Invincibles or The Invincibles. Just, invi- just Invincible. Invin- Invincible. Invincible. That's actually a yeah. really good series. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Spawn's still good. Spawn is really good. Spawn, yeah. Spawn is kind of like... like Mike movie. was like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Todd McFarlane's Spawn, the, the HBO series that was on for a while. Back in the day. Oh my god, that was, that was fantastic. I think that actually outdoes most of the DC movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's always The hard. movie, however. The, the, the Wanda! The, the ultimate point I is the fact Michael's that... I love Michael's White, but that movie was yeah. terrible. The, uh, the ultimate point is it's always really hard to translate comics to any kind of live action or even the thing is, series. Also the writing. It's a yeah. lot of, you know, a lot of it does factor into the character I, development I, and writing. I think the main reason why Marvel has transitioned better into movies is... Because of the writing. Well, that and they actually could find actors that looked identical. That's bullshit. Because that... Henry Cavill was... Is very he's a phenomenal as Superman. Yeah. You could find a better looking like I, no, he's no. Perfect. Actually, you couldn't find a better Mike looking Superman. I was gonna punch you square in the I'm face. Saying you could get closer to the Superman look if there was someone on Earth that actually looked any more exactly. like Superman. He's, like it's one he's of those things. Chiseled, like, his facial structure is chiseled. He perfected his body structure. But I'm sorry, Robert Downey Jr. All right, is calm down, calm down, calm down. No, he. Calm down. I will give it. I will give them. I will very skeptical about Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman. Her acting is a little bit off sometimes. Yeah. Get ready for the shit first! <laughs> uh, no, one... she's cool. She can say it. She's lady folk. Uh, yeah. She's still not tall enough, though. It you doesn't know, matter she's still not tall My enough. friend Joey would probably bitch slap me just for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, her physique is not as structured as I would pref- as I would. But are we gonna, are we gonna, are we gonna go back 10 years and get China from the WWE to play? No, I was thinking more Nikki Bella, okay. (laughs) Oh, what? She's still not tall enough! Nikki Bella has like... No, no, no. Okay, anyways. Finally we bicker. (laughs) There we go! Let's cast on something from DC. We we bickered about DC. (laughs) Not Marvel. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, Wonder Woman, I Gal Gadot, I'll give her props for what she, you know, what she's given. The I Wonder thought she was better in Injustice than in Wonder Woman. Yes, Wonder Woman. I don't Time agree with the whole the idea of it being as great as it's because I've seen a lot of fucking loopholes in Wonder Woman itself. Mm. I don't give it like the whole. Oh my god, it's the best movie ever. I like Justice League better than Wonder Woman. Here, here's here's the here's the thing that I find funny. Marvel admitted years and years and years ago to starting to illustrate Nick Fury. To start looking more like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, not no. that they knew that Samuel L. Jackson was even going to play Nick Fury. Not, it was after not Nick Fury. entirely true. Not entirely true. Because Samuel L. Jackson said said he wants to be Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah so and he was also a huge comic book fan, especially yes. of Nick yeah. Fury. So that's how it worked to that yeah, yeah, the yeah, Ultimate yeah, yeah. Universe, then they kind of did the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But it was, I mean, that it was, was years before movie. they actually talked about contracting that, him. That is, that, that is the power. That Nick Fury became Samuel L. Jackson, not yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. But see, that's the power of <laughs> Samuel L. J. Because Samuel L. J. can be like, yo, I want a purple lightsaber. I was gonna say and then we're going to give him a purple lightsaber. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, Marvel, Marvel did this weird thing where they started illustrating characters to look like real life people. And they, they've admitted to this over the years. Like... I think DC has always done that too. I yeah. mean, well, in retrospect, look at Kingdom but Come, some... the cover of Kingdom Come. Yeah, you know. That's... I mean, it, it, a lot of times you do have 
and I understand what you're saying. They went into the wave instead of, you know, riding the wave. <laughs> in a sense. Because yeah, a lot of times... They created the wave. Well, in, in a sense, DC would be like, okay, you know, Michael Keaton, he's Batman. Then they rode the wave of his look for Batman. Uh, where he's saying, hey, although technically they rode the wave with Sam L. J. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yo... I would love to be Nick Fury. And they were like, we're going to make this happen. Look, dude, he looks just like you. He looks just like you. Let's make Put this Put on happen. an eye patch. We got this. We got this. All right, let's do this. So, <laughs> but I mean, for years, Iron, uh, Tony Stark looked like Robert Downey Jr. And then they cast Robert Downey Jr. And I was like, holy shit, they cast Iron Man as Iron Man. I don't think we're going to, I don't think anyone is going to fight about the <laughs> typecasting for Marvel. Granted, he was like modeled off of, who was he modeled off of? He was modeled, Tony Stark was modeled off of Robert Downey Jr.'s life, I think. No. Because both of them, both no, no, of them have been organizing no, no, no. alcoholics. I don't think that was, uh, you know, Intentional. art imitating life. I think it was, uh, you know, life imitating art. Yeah. So, honestly, like we were saying, with this battle royale. We have gone far. We have gone, we, we've gone. <laughs> there is no clear winner. There was no clear winner in this. We just kind of. Other than comic book fans. But exactly. I mean, realistically, it was a slugfest. And both, com- you know, combatants kind of walked away with a, a few punched, you know, bruised eyes and bloody Egos. lips. <laughs> but realistically, who wins? It's the comic book fan. And hopefully you guys out there in the audience. Uh, Sin, we want to thank you very much for coming back again. Uh, your input on, you know, Marvel and the X-Men in general <laughs> and your, your fandom with Batman, at least that kind of help push the way for some points. <laughs> and definitely for everybody who's listening, we want you also to take part in this great debate. Of course, kind of keep it friendly because, again, we all love comics. We're all fans here. We'd like to hear some of your thoughts, maybe provide some of your insight and even some references in regards to some of the things that we've discussed here in this podcast today. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and also ding that bell for any future podcasts and other videos. Also remember to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and those down below. If you guys want to argue with the Ready Comics Roll crew, just join the Discord and have at it. Follow us on Twitch for our random live streams throughout the week. And if you want to help us grow, make sure you head over to Patreon and become a patron.